Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 58 of FPL Black Box. We are recording this just after the Manchester United uh, Brentford game. So congratulations to all the Bruno Fernandes owners and captainers and commiserations to all the Bruno Fernandes non-owners. Wow. And I'm joined by one of them right now. How are you, Mark? What a swing. What unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, good evening, Naz. Um, pleasure to be here as always, I think. I don't know. Tough game week. Tough game week for non-Bruno owners. Congrats. Congrats on the pick. Um, obviously, there was people out there who captained him as well. Uh, were you expecting it? Was it luck? Was it skill? We've got to talk about this, haven't we? Come on, let's hit this first. How are you feeling about it, first of all? Do you count yourself lucky or are you patting yourself on the back for a I feel, piece of skill? I feel weird. <laughs> I mean, normally, you know, you like to bring in a player who you've, you look at the stats and you look at the members area and you see all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. on scout and you see all these things, all the signs point to them. I did that. Nothing pointed to a Bruno Fernandez <laughs> no, ball. No, and I can show you week. more data tonight that just underlines yeah, that. Just, just nothing. And you know, Emmy Martinez throws the ball into the net for his for his first goal. Um, I mean, it's to, to me, it's it's it, you know, I had the money to move Son up. All the postponements. You know, I was I was going to get a Leicester player, then I was going to get a Spurs player. Fernandez was right down the bottom of the list. Um, so yeah, I, I can't claim much more than good fortune. Did he, did he get a double figure return tonight? What's the bonus looking like? He got two assists, right? Didn't get the clean sheet point, did he? So he's got he's on he's on ten, isn't he? He's on uh, yeah, he's on ten. So he's got two yeah. double figure returns back to back, having only yeah. had one double figure return all season, and that was the hat trick on the opening day. So when yes. it comes to the double game week, and it comes to people have money because they had Son injured. They get, they get Bruno and he gets two double-figure turns back-to-back. He'd scored one goal since game Crazy. week four. 
<laughs> it's great. I mean, this is what we mean when we talk about variants. First of all, I've got to say, there is some skill in it because you obviously identified Bruno as a player to go for. Having said that, we'd obviously spent two two of these episodes looking at the options in midfield mm. and they weren't exactly, you know, there weren't many. Madison, Mora, Mount. I went for Mount in the end. I was going to go Mora. Obviously, the postponements got in the way of some of those options too, certainly Mora and, and Madison. And I couldn't afford Bruno, right? Even with the free hit, I looked at it and went, to get Bruno, I can't have Ronaldo, so I won't be able to go Bruno. So mm. it's, a, it's a question of a bit of skill in going, I, I think Bruno's a good option. And the opportunity to be able to do it because you had money, right? Yeah. Whereas others wouldn't have done. I think the, the, so the, only, was, the only thing I'll say in my defence was yeah. that like I deliberately didn't get M- Mounts or Mora or someone because I looked at the fixtures, I planned ahead and you know I wanted to have a way of getting Salah back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the kind of I don't know if it's skill, but there's at least there's some element of planning to it. It wasn't just like a complete no. hit and hope. There was there was a kind of a reason for it, but obviously I wasn't expecting what happened. Yeah, I mean there was um he, he's great as a placeholder. I mean my team just wasn't set up to consider him. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get to him in in one move or even two really, unless I sold Antonio Ronaldo or some did something silly. So it was never really an option for me. So I can't at least I can take, it's not like that's a player that I looked at and went, no. <laughs> uh, would I have done it if I had the money? Probably, because I ended up going Mount and I didn't really want to do that. I just went mm. for that because I had to get rid of Son. I felt like I had to get rid of Son and get a ticket in the double game week lottery. And Mount was obviously very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, for those who captain Bruno as well, astonishing returns, isn't it? I mean, just out of nowhere. I mean, he, he played well at Villa. And I guess Ronaldo's absence again was another factor in that. Do you do you think that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the second goal was more of a trademark burst into yeah. the box that we yeah. we'd kind of seen him do and haven't seen him do when normally when Ronaldo's in the side. So mm. I think I think it probably helped him. I mean, you know, Ranić said Ronaldo was fit. That was the yeah. That was the, no, don't the, have to tell me that. I, I know, know full well. I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was the problem for a lot yeah. of people was that they didn't really consider Fernandez because they thought they had the United coverage with, with Ronaldo. So. It's just a, it was just a weird game. Can you look at all the other double game week options and and no one? I mean, Stephen Bergwijn was probably the other one that. No, <laughs> that I mean we, we didn't even discuss him, did we? Why would you? First two goals all season scored in the ninety fifth and what ninety seventh minute or, or something. I mean, Kane looked good tonight. I thought mm. Kane delivered um, for yep. those on a free hit, um, and we will look at the effectiveness of the free hit in a bit later on. It was actually a bit more effective than I thought it was. Um, I haven't got the very latest data from Ragabolly, but I got I got some just five minutes after the game concluded. So I think it's fairly recent. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a funny game week and Bruno really epitomised that, didn't he, that return. I mean, it was a real kind of harking back to what we expected from him last season when he was, mm. and, and previous seasons, when he was right up there with Salah as, as a prize asset. So it's nice. It was kind of like a flashback. Not so nice for those who are up against rivals like you who've got him. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm only pleased to hail off his clean sheet because um, it was awful for me. I did that last minute deadline stream with Johnny um, and Ed, which was yep. a bit of a riot, bit of a chaotic thing. Loved if it. you saw that. Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. But I wasn't, and my, my head was all over the place. Um, Ed was doing his free hit live on the show. I did my transfers live on the, live on the show. And afterwards, as soon as the deadline had passed, I was like, why didn't I go to Hair? I should have done. And then, of course, Gaeta didn't turn up and I thought he would yeah, do. No. So I had no keeper. So for a four-point hit, I could have got to Hair. And it looked like tonight he was heading for a 15-pointer, but he didn't get it. He ended up with eight. So I only lost four points. on that. So it's not disastrous. 
had that come, had he got a 15, I don't think I'd have turned up tonight. I think I'd have sold. <laughs> I think I'd have just sold you're, and gone. Basically. You're on the edge anyway, weren't you? I was you? on the edge, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you've got to you've got to cheer me up for sure. Um, but yeah, it was um oh, it was a really tough game week, wasn't it? Um, for those who didn't have Bruno. But anyway. What else are we going to talk about tonight? I think we're going to touch on Villa as well, aren't we tonight? Mm, yeah, I've been. Uh, you, you've been giving me a bit more um, free reign to to do to delve into some stats, which is which is very generous of you. Uh, so I've been looking into Villa, and yes, yeah, I've been looking at the difference between um, you know Villa under under Gerard and Dean Smith, and it's it's quite interesting. A lot of things I expected to see, I didn't, and yeah, hopefully there'll be a bit of new information for for people and some players to consider. Yeah, I mean Villa are key because um, they've got good single game week fixtures anyway but they could be party to a game week 23 double which could break on Thursday so when you're listening to this it might have already broken um, or it could be last minute Friday before deadline we hear I want to ask you about that yeah go on what happens if it breaks after the deadline uh, then that that match will have to be in the following game week they will not include a fixture in the game week that come that is announced after the deadline they won't so they would move the deadline they'd have, they'd have to move the deadline can they to, do that well, they've never done it before, but I'm, no. I'm absolutely certain they will not drop a fixture in if it's not announced prior to deadline. Okay. Absolutely certain. That's big news. Yeah. Um, so it, it will come. It will it'll either come tomorrow, Thursday, or, I mean, just to timestamp this, this is quarter past 10 on a, on the Wednesday night, or it will come Friday. I, I think it will come tomorrow. So we, we think that Villa will have a double game. We'll talk about that, that in a minute. Um, postponements again though were a factor so we're going to talk about and we don't mm. want to dwell on COVID but we've got to talk about these postponements and what it means um, and there's suggestions today there could be a rule change coming up we're yeah. going to dive into that as well but Spurs v Arsenal Burnley v Watford off I mean how did you take that news did you just roll with it or well I was a bit worried because I, I had King vice-captain so I thought if, um, if if Ronaldo didn't turn up yeah. I'd, be, I'd be getting two points Uh I think we all kind of expected it, didn't we? Given Burnley, you know, given the problems they've had and and selling wood and, you know, when, when they get a game cancelled, then there's another one a couple of days later. There's no chance. I mean, the Arsenal game has got to be massively in doubt at the weekend, given that Arsenal have been selling players and, you know, haven't didn't play against Spurs and, and Burnley have got the same problems. So, we just know what happens with that. Well, I mean, Arsenal are due to play tomorrow night, right, in, in the EFL Cup. So, surely they can't call off the league game if they play tomorrow night. And Arteta wasn't suggesting that they were short. So, I... I it's going to depend on Burnley, that one, isn't it? Mm. Solely. I mean, how many, how many more? We're going to look at the postponements and how they're racking up. Burnley can't have another one, surely. I mean, I have, oh, it's crazy. crazy. Surely making life hard for themselves like, yeah. later down the line as well. Like, I, I don't know. It's very. It doesn't seem very like... I thought Deitch would just be like, you know, belts and braces, let's just get on with it and, you know, stick some academy kids in and hope for the best. Well, but clearly not. As we see, I think the Arsenal situation in this postponement this week and the Burnley ones were very different. We've got a table that kind of tracks the players available to be selected and and the Burnley Arsenal situation was very, very different. We'll, we'll show mm. that later on thanks to a, a table from an old friend of mine. Uh, Rafa, Rafa's gone. Any reaction to that? Quickly? Rafa's gone. Uh, quickly, about time. Right. I, thought he was... <laughs> <laughs> I was I was surprised. I, I didn't think he'd do well, but I was surprised at how badly he did. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, he was just a completely the wrong choice. Yeah, and Everton will likely be a better team without him. 
So under Big Dunk, will you be looking straight away? I mean, Everton have got decent fits for short term, or are you just going to give it Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I, thought, I thought you'd say that. Yeah, I think, absolutely not. I think that's your general consensus. We can't expect a, a sell the best player, and then a couple of days later sell them. Wow, sell them I, I don't know about that. He's Dina their best player? I mean, I mean, people mm. are speculating that if, if Rafa had, had gone earlier, Dina might still be there, but that should... I think he's their best player. Do you? Well, not anymore. Calvin He's a French international superstar. Yeah, he's, he's certainly they're probably their highest status player in terms of you know, world quality, I would say. Most renowned. Um, not yeah. anymore. No, not anymore. Well, <laughs> Dina's a player we're going to look at tonight when we look mm. at Villa. Okay, uh, reluctantly, let's look at your game week then. No doubt you'll want to dwell on this quite a lot. Uh, this is as up to date as I can get. I think these bonus points are correct. You have hauled 78 points tonight. Wow. Yeah, I just feel a bit bad at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, you should do. You should do. Read through it for the uh, for the for the podcast listener. Uh, De Gea in goal with eight, uh, Trent with ten, Cancelo with eleven, uh, Ethan Pinnock with two. I, I, I don't know what he's doing in there, <laughs> well, but there he is. Uh, Foden with three, Bruno Fernandes came in uh, for twenty four points. <sighs> this is a ridiculous team. Uh, Bowen with seven, Jota with three. And then Ronaldo with four, Antonio with four, and King with two. The forwards so got... again. Look at the bloody forwards again. It's ridiculous, shocking. isn't it? Really Absolutely is. shocking. Yeah. And, you know, the defender's doing well. 10-11 for Trent and Cancelo. I mean, there's nothing particularly exciting about my team. Just Fernandez did well and Pinnock's there for some reason. Other than that, it's pretty... Yeah, pretty I mean, I suppose day. you look at it and think a lot of people had well, Trent and Cancelo are given, right? So... Really, aside from that, it's all about Bruno, isn't it? I mean, De Gea, I don't have De Gea. That's why I lost out, definitely, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you didn't free hit. So I guess, you know, had you free hit, you might not have had Bowen's points. But I think, generally, I think you would have free hit to a similar scoring team. You would have had Bruno in the free hit, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'd have, gone, I'd have gone Kane. Yeah, you're probably going. So you might have actually done better. You might have actually done better. I mean, the free hit team we showed in the last episode... You certainly would have changed that in light of the Arsenal postponement and the Leicester postponement and so on. So yeah, I mean, I probably would have taken Cancelo out and, and played yeah, maybe. Alonso or something. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm more than happy with with how it turned out. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. Well, no, you should you shouldn't <laughs> complain because coming up is my score forty seven. Oh, it's dismal by comparison. I I I'd got the gap down to like a fairly reasonable like sixty nine seventy points. Now it's just whoosh, you've gone again Back to a hundred or something. Oh uh, yeah, all right, all right. Um, it's um, 47 uh, what a tale of woe and goal what a disaster Gaeta has been absolute disaster I mean my season uh, can be summed up in two disastrous moves well no a series of disastrous moves Gaeta has definitely won and the Chelsea defence is the other right because uh, I've I've just missed all of the Chelsea defensive points managed to get on the wrong defenders at the wrong time Alonso being the very latest and probably the worst case of all because he's just been absolutely dismal. Watching watching the games of a, as an Alonso owner is just the most anxious thing ever because he is dreadful, isn't he? And you know when you watch a player because you've got him in your team, I'm watching everything Alonso does. And when you watch everything he does, he's bloody awful, isn't he? Let's face it. He like occasionally like puts in a great ball or just or it's in the penalty area for no reason and you think, oh, he's, he could get something here. But I mean, we all, I was so excited to see Lamptey versus Alonso and, and it just didn't disappoint. He just couldn't get anywhere near him. And honestly, I think he was lucky not to get sent Well, it was Alonso against Sterling and against Lamptey. How uncomfortable yeah. was that for me? Because he, he could have got a red in both games. Yeah. 
And he never really got forward. They played a back four at Brighton, so he didn't really get forward at all. Um, so I had the Alonso flop, um, Gaeta no show. I had no Ramsdale because of the postponement. So it was Gaeta zero points, Trent 10, Marcus on two. Reggion just got the one today, but at least he turned up. Cancelo 11, everyone's got him. Bowen seven. Mount, who was the oh, double that, game. Yeah, that was a shame because I, I would have, I would definitely have gone for Mount on a free I, hit. Yeah, I didn't expect him not to play against City. I no. didn't see that one coming. I don't know if he had a niggle, but you think he would turn to him in the big games, but it wasn't the case. Jota with the three, Antonio four, Ronaldo captain four, and Dennis, who only had the one game two. So I was kind of struck a bit by the COVID situations and the postponements, but I mean, Mount. Looking back, I don't think I'd have gone for anybody else really. I don't. I wouldn't have gone Madison, um, although he outscored him. I would have gone Mora had they had two games, but that wouldn't have got me anything anyway. So it's one of those game weeks where I just, you know, I don't think I could have done much different other than get the hair in goal, which would have got me four more points. But and got you rid of Guaita. That's finally. the thing. That's the thing. It would have got me rid of Guaita, and it would mean that in twenty five and twenty seven. I'll have a keeper because it could be Gaeta doesn't get back in because Butland had a man of the match performance at Brighton. Yeah. So, real problems. He's been an absolute disaster for me. Going, not going Ramsdale with my with my wild card and going Gaeta instead. What was I thinking? Oh, at least, you know, at least didn't sell someone like Ferran Torres at the start of the season. Well. <laughs> <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 47 points, pretty miserable for me. I want to just put that one to the back of my mind now and move on. Um, let's look at the great and the good league. This isn't up to date after tonight. I don't know how Fabio did, but going into tonight's games, you and Fabio were neck to neck, neck and neck. Fabio was down below me about, what, a couple of months ago? And I remember saying, oh, I've got good company down there. It's Fabio and it's Yavuz. Yavuz is above me now as well. Fabio, massively above me, right? What's going on? How I mean, I'm, I mocked him. Yeah. Remember, I was, I, was I, I got my one mock in. I was like, obviously, I'm not going to... You know, I'm I'm going to regret this later, but I've got my one little dig in, mm. and then he's just absolutely soared uh, up the rankings. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think I'm no, he, no, he's ahead of me because he uh, he captain Fernandez. Oh, so he's top. He's top. Right? So Fabio is now top. So when I mocked him in like game week four uh, or whatever it was, he has now overtaken me, which yeah, was well, very very predictable. Well played, Fabio. Um, he, he's got the pedigree, top of the Hall of Fame, of course. Um, Possibly the best FBR manager in the world, um, beating as well. What a turn up for the books! Um, <laughs> but yeah, well done, well played, Fabio. He actually played his free hit last week. He slipped up a bit because he got quite a miserable score of his free hit. And I looked at that and thought, oh, you know, he's he's fallible after all. Then followed it up with the Bruno Fernandez captaincy, just to uh, wipe that uh, memory from his uh, yeah, wipe that immediately from his memory. Um, the Lord. table below are the chips played this week and. My thinking was that the free hit hadn't paid off. Looks like it just about has an advantage over no chips. The free hit managers are averaging, this isn't a top 10K, um, so top 10K only, but a good representation of active managers. The average for the free hit manager, um, when I grabbed this 20 minutes ago, was 68.4. Hmm. The average for the no chip manager was 60. So eight points on average. So some gain for free hitters, right? It's got to be Fernandez, right? I would I would imagine the majority of free hitters went went for Fernandez, tripled up on on United, given that they will probably want to. Well, they would put they had the best double, didn't they? Really, I think it was Fernandez, Madison, and Greenwood. Yeah, did well. And Greenwood, tonight. really, yeah, I never the goal, I got never, the goal tonight, didn't he? I yeah, I never I never considered him even for a for a second. 
No, I think in a free hit you might do, right? Mm. Because, you know, you, you, you're looking for some differentials and I suppose he was one. He played both games, didn't he? I think he did. So, um, yeah, yeah, so in the end... It was the good free tonight hit, as well. Played really yeah, well. Yeah, it was. So in the end, the free hit wasn't a, a disaster. But actually, I look at it and think, I'm glad I didn't play it. Because I, I, I mean, I, I would have hit Bruno, I suppose, but I don't think I'd have necessarily captained him. I don't think I'd had the mega haul. And I wouldn't, I would have probably sold Cancelo. So I don't know if I'd have had that big a gain. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I'm. I'm more than happy. I'll, I'll, I'll take. I'll take it and run. Um, for you, I mean, you probably would have gone for Bruno and Kane and Madison, wouldn't you? Probably. Yeah, but I'm trying not to think about that. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> but you know, later on in the season, I'm bound to capitalise on its use and get. I can't wait for points. you to get like 20 points below the average on your free hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's sum up where we are at the moment. Let's bring up uh, Ben Krellin's uh, incredible chart that uh, he's running week to week and updating for us. So just a reminder, we're going into game week 23. We do think it's a potential double. Mm. Um, and as we see by the chart here in the, the, the orange colour, on Aston Villa, that's where we think the double will hit. We think Aston Villa will play either Burnley or Leeds in this game week. So Burnley at home, giving them Everton away and Burnley at home, or they'll get Leeds away, giving them Everton away and Leeds away and giving Leeds, interestingly, giving Leeds Newcastle and Villa at home. Um, so what do you think? I mean, I surely it's got to be the Burnley one, haven't they? Burnley's backlog is ridiculous. You'd think so. <laughs> Just they've got to slot those in wherever they can, right? Because they've got, they've got so many to, to get through. I mean, whatever happens, it's a hell of a game, a double game week for for Villa. I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking at at, at Dean as my my target, but I mean, Watkins is surely the the best captain choice if if there's a double that goes forward for them. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to look at our teams and our transfers later, but I think it all, it's all going to depend on whether the double gets announced, what mm. we do. And as I said, we're going to dive deep into into Villa in a moment. Just staying on Ben's chart, um, just a heads up, of course, we've said this in future in previous episodes, Game Week 25 will, will be a blank. Um, Arsenal and Chelsea won't have a fixture and obviously there's blanks as well coming up in Game Week 27, um, World Club Championship and EFL Cup Final behind these, um, behind these blanks. Um, so you need to be prepared for that. Also, interestingly, we talked previously about a potential double for Liverpool in game week 26, and potentially that could be a, a Salah triple captainship. I noticed recently Ben's kind of moved away from that and just pointed out that he's never really been certain of that. I think he's saying about 30, mm. 40% chance. So when we did our chip planning, uh, which is this chart here, we had game week 26 as a possible double game week and triple captain. Um, that might not be on the cards now. So we shouldn't plan with Aww. that in mind. I know, disappointing, is it? Nah, I guess we were saying, weren't we, last, last week, that that would just be like 250% EO Salah. Too easy. So, yeah, too easy. So maybe, maybe that's for the best. I'm saving the triple captain for when Andy Carroll arrives at Burnley and they have the triple game week. Woo! Andy Carroll, triple <laughs> it's captain. Happen. Again. It's going to happen, isn't it? No, that would be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I, we, we, we can't really plan too far ahead. I think as we've, the, 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 title of the, you know, the title of the show is Go With The Flow, and it is very much like that, isn't it? It's almost day to day. We've just got to adjust our thinking on a daily basis as, as news breaks on postponements, players are moving around in the transfer market. Of course, now the window is open. We've just got to roll with it, really. We can't, I mean, we can look at this as a, a forward-thinking plan, but we've got to be prepared to rip it up, right? I'll tell you what really doesn't help, Friday deadlines. Don't like them. <laughs> Not right now. I mean, they they cause even even more carnage on on yeah. something that's, that's so hard to predict. Yeah, it's it is tricky. I mean, you can. I think I think things should start getting better. Should start easing off a bit now. 
Um, I think, you know, the Premier League have, have got to sort out the rules, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Mm. And hopefully there's going to be less postponements and, and, you know, more double game weeks and we can get back to, to planning. But yeah, it's so tough at the moment. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, but there are tools out there to help us plan. And this is an excellent one. Um, developed by uh, Mikhail Tokvam, who is the guy behind the transfer algorithm, which is a, a patron service that uh, Fabio apparently uses. Mm. Maybe you should be getting on that if you want to beat him in the great and the good. Um, but, they, how much is he paying you? Have you got shares in this or something? Well, Mikhail, no, he's not paying yeah. me anything, but he, he, is a, he is a watcher of the show and follows what we do. And, and um, yeah, I mean, he does some great, he's a great FPL manager in his own right, got some good ranks. He's put together the chart we're looking at now, which what this does is kind of like an expected fixtures chart. Mm. Um, it was on the wire earlier they beat us to it but we're rolling out anyway and it, what it does it shows the teams who have got um, obviously postponements who've had postponements who've likely to have double game weeks and week by week it shows the likelihood of those double game weeks dropping in so Burnley at the top of it obviously with the five postponements and it shows that you know they're on 1.45 a game week 23 so he's, you know, Mikel is expecting them to have that double game week fixture with Villa if you look down the table, Villa there on 1.45 as well for game week 23. So that's where, what he's favouring. After game week 24, Burnley are 1.45 for the next five game weeks. So he suspects that they'll have double game weeks quite a bit over the next, you know, from 25 to 29. We're not looking at Burnley tonight. We're not really talking about their players. Should we be? I mean, should we already be considering them? I'm looking at the opposite. I'm looking at players who are playing them. They're going to be knackered. They've got, they've got no squads. They can't cope with the demands of multiple games week after week. They're going to, they're in huge trouble, I think. Mm. So my captains are almost certainly going to be pretty much on, on players playing against Burnley during that run. Yeah, I mean, of course, when Burnley's doubles do drop in, if they do start dropping in from 25 onwards, that means double game weeks for other teams, right? Their opponents. Yeah. So, yeah. It is mainly going to be their opponent, perhaps, that we look at. But this is a, just a really interesting way of viewing things. Leicester are second in the table. Um, Watford, Everton, Spurs are the next four. So those five teams, Burnley, Leicester, Watford, Everton, Spurs, over this run, right up to the end of the season, have you know have the, their double game that's plotted in this table. So I would check it out. It's at Mikael Tokvam. Uh, that's M-I-K-E-L-T-O-K-B-A-M for the podcast listeners. Um, it's a really good chart and, and it, it's at least something we can cling to to help us plan mm. for when these double game weeks going to drop in. But we're not in control of it. And, and, and who can be certain? Not even Ben Crelling can be certain, right? No, and it's, it's a useful, really useful thing because, you know, there's people in the chat already talking about wild cards and, and stuff. Mm. And um, we, we haven't done it here, but like you can you could effectively look to see where, you know, you, you talked about your trip strategies a minute ago. You kind of see where you're thinking of wild carding and then look at the fixtures up until then and work out, you know, which, which team to target. Because I'm looking at this and thinking... You know, Leicester, Watford have got a pretty tough run, but Leicester and Spurs are teams that I might want to start just getting some of their players in, just just to try and tap into some of these. Um, you know, big win for Spurs tonight, and you know maybe they can maybe they can kick on. Although it's interesting who to, who to who to get from them. I mean, Royale went off at half time, yeah, struggling. Regulon went off again early, like and they and they conceded. So yeah, I mean, Ronaldo, Ronaldo to Kane possibly could be on the cards for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the. I mean, we'll look at Spurs' data later, and I think it's you could look at either the defence or the attack the way that Conte's mm. transformed them. But I think one of their attackers, if you can't afford Kane, then possibly looking at Mora. I think he's the favoured one while Son is out. But of course, Son will be could be back we'll be soon, back. right? Yeah, it could, so be, it could the, be a factor again. Yeah. Absolutely, he was always someone mm. I wanted as my second heavy hitter. I wanted Salah Son set up. So I may well go back to that. But yeah, I mean, this is just an interesting chart. So we obviously for the podcast is we can't go through it in full detail. It's quite complex, but uh, 
look at it up on Twitter and and dig into that as well. These are a list of the postponements. I did say to you, as can you do us a table of all the teams and their postponements? And then I looked on Twitter and Legomane, bless him, at Legomane underscore FBL. I'd already done it for you, as. No, I, I actually did it and he he stole it from me. So. Very good. <laughs> Uh, no, he, he definitely did it. He's, um, he's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, this shows that Man City, uh, Brentford and West Ham are the teams who have had no postponements at all. Um, so if you've got team uh, players in those teams, they are perhaps, you know, or they're, they're not going to have any double game weeks or very unlikely to have double game weeks coming up uh, until later in the season when the FA Cup postponements kick in. Whereas Burnley, uh, Arsenal, Leicester, they have got, you know, five and four postponements to be rescheduled um, respectively. So it's quite handy just having this in mind, isn't it? It is, yeah, because I'm looking at this, I'm straight away looking at Villa, looking at Burnley and Leeds and thinking, you know, they're two really good games whenever they come in. Um, I'm going to want players for those. Look at Leicester as well. I mean, Norwich at home, Everton and Burnley yeah. as well. That's three really nice fixtures. Uh, you know, Madison scored again today, someone I really wanted before, uh, you know, before the game got called off. And... Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to, because you, you kind of know teams have got fixtures, but you kind of, because there's been so many postponements, you kind of forget who those who those games are. So yeah, a, a, a graphic like this is, is great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've ever been in this situation. I can never remember. No. You know, to this scale, um, you know, we, we've, we've known, we've had seasons before where we know a series of double games is hard to come. We've had postponements due to snow um, and various other reasons, but never on this scale. So this is, unprecedented as FBL managers and yes long-term planning is somewhat impossible but tools like you know what Lagomani produces and and Mikhail before can be useful right in trying to have a think about you know forward strategies but I think the 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 message for me is don't don't put too much stock in that don't get frustrated when your plans have to be ripped up right no, you just need to have in mind, you know, the, you can. There's no point in completely shutting off because, like, if we if we're thinking a Villa, you know, um, a double game that might get announced in the next couple of days, or you don't make your transfers tonight, oh. you know, you, you know, you just know that your plans have got to be flexible to, you know, because I think I think over the next couple of months we're going to see stuff dropped in, you know, in the blink of an eye, and then all all plans are going to be going ahead. So we set every week, but yeah, just hold your transfers. Just hold them. The yeah, thing is, got to. we love the forward planning, don't we? I mean, that's what we're all about. And that's partly what this show is about as well. But it's just been impossible, hasn't it? This yeah. I, I th- like I said, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think things will start getting better and there'll be a lot more to plan. So in, in some ways, you know, we've, we've had all the horribleness of the last few months and, and not being able to plan. But once we start getting a bit of normality back and games start getting dropped in, that's when we can start planning even more than... Usual. What have you been in touch with Natalie? Because I often think at the moment, well, how are Natalie and Henry coping oh, with this? Because like we brought these guys back in into FBL for the first time this season, introduced them to it. They've never played it before. What a season to bring them in on! <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? So um, we all kind of froze out. froze out the you know the stats versus eye test stuff, isn't it? Because it's just who doesn't who makes their transfers later that's pretty much what's going <laughs> to decide it out of, yeah. of those two it's been difficult it's kind of ruined mm. the experiment somewhat yeah. things may get better though and they may get better because of this news the Athletic uh, led with the story it's everywhere now I haven't seen the Premier League statement that they refer to but effectively the Premier League have come out and indicate they're going to revise the rulings with the clubs very soon right? and they're speculating that after this weekend this could happen um, a good thing sure he has right I mean, I don't think we need to go into it 
like in in too much detail. I mean, I, I just think it's that there are there are definitely teams abusing the rules on what Ooh, it was. What you it was go you for. go that far, would you? Well, yeah, <laughs> I think I think so. Maybe that maybe maybe I'm being a maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but. I don't know. I just, I just find it. It's okay. Maybe not abu- abusing the rules is probably the wrong, the wrong phrase. I think the rules have been set up in a way in which teams can, you know, benefit from from certain things. I mean, you know, a Chaka's red card, using that as a player not playing in your in your team, I don't think should be, you know, part of the same of the, of the same criteria as a, as a COVID case. But that that seems that seems obvious, right? But it, it is, and and you know, I guess there's a there's a certain amount of is there a certain amount of integrity that clubs could show to be like okay, well, you know that's that's not your fault. That's mm. you know that's not the, that's that's our internal thing we need to sort out. Blah blah blah. But they're not, and I guess if if one team doesn't do it, then none of them are going to do, it, are they? Because it's not a level playing field. No, you're it's get, strange. You're, it's very strange. You're going to look after your own club's interest. But I mean, I think, yeah, the Arsenal one was difficult, was controversial. They'd let Maitland-Niles go out on loan about a week before as well. It's, that was a difficult circumstance. And, and, and in the Athletic Arts, quite interestingly, they looked at what other leagues have done. Um, and this really surprised me. I wasn't aware of this. The Bundesliga, um, if you've got 15 players that are eligible to play, you can, if, you own, if you're down to 15, you can ask for postponement. However, injuries and suspensions don't count, right? So, yeah. you know, they don't count to, towards your absentees. So it's 15 including those players. And that, that that surprised me. I mean, obviously the Premier League have not done that. They've done completely the opposite. Um, in Spain as well, any team that can fill 13 players, of which only five have to be first-team squad mem- members, you have to fulfil your fixture. So you only have to, you know, if you've got five first-teamers, you've got to play. Yeah. I mean, again, that's extreme compared to what the Premier League yeah. have done. Um, and Italy just announced new protocols. Fixtures must be played unless 35% or more of the first team squad have got the virus, have tested positive. And again, with the Premier League, it, it may only be one, as it was for Liverpool, uh, Arsenal with Odegaard, right? Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, so like, like you kind of said to me before, it's the, the Premier League are kind of the soft touch in all of this because they've left the rules a lot more open. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for, for clubs to interpret. I mean, there's something about, isn't there? Like if, if a player's, what was it? If a player's injured or something and, and needs treatment and they're having to treat players who've got COVID, does that mean there's less treatment? But I mean, it's, that, what is, I can't, just can't understand what the argument is for having a, an injured player, you know, and, and saying they're not available. No, like I mean, I, guess, I, I think if a club has one COVID case, that's contributing to the absentees. That's enough to let them look at it. And if yeah. they've got a string of injuries, and suspensions, then and 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 absentees due to African combinations, then it, that's it. It only has to be one case of COVID. It doesn't. There's no threshold on the number of cases, and I think surely that's what they'll change. Yeah, uh, I just wonder if we're going to see a change in in. Is there going to be less injuries and more COVID cases? I, I, the, the the thing is though that what I can't understand is that. For, for a team like Burnley, and I said this earlier, for a team like Burnley, I can't understand why they would want to just keep pushing everything back as much as, as, much as they can. I guess they, at the moment, they, the, the argument could be they want to sign a new striker, right? Because they haven't got one. But is it, is it I talk, because I, mean, I said abuse, mm. I, I said abusing the rules. And I think that was, you know, that's, that's probably not the best thing to say because I, I don't know the situation at, at the clubs. But it is strange, isn't it, that Burnley, you know, have that, have that game 
postponed in amongst all this it's something where they've already got all these games to fe- to to figure out and they're on the search for a new strike having just lost Chris Wood under you know really mm. bad circumstances and that's counting towards the kind of total because what would they do the Premier League well we don't care you just, just got to play well it was one player less right and I mean I've got a table here this this is this is produced by Chris Glover an old friend of mine and I've just got to say Chris Glover if you don't know him which you probably won't because he goes back a long way was a fantasy football blogger before even I started I think so when I hmm. started Scout Chris Glover's um, articles that he put on his PL fantasy website uh, you've got the URL on the bottom here were a real inspiration to me starting F, uh, fantasy football Scout so Chris he go, I mean, if Chris and I go back a long way I've never met him don't even know what he looks like but we've obviously know each other from, from those old days he's back in the scene producing some fantasy content now. And he's actually was, he heard me and Luke do, um, you know, we did a stream for Scout not long ago, yeah. me and Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked Over Christmas. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, the number of players that, that, that each club has available for selection based on injuries and um, loans and AFCON. And he went away and took that idea, developed it and produced this table that we've got on screen now, which is basically club by club the number of available outfield players they've got at the current time, discounting current COVID tests that are positive, injuries, suspensions, AFCON absentees. And it shows Arsenal at the top with only 10 outfield players available. But only one case of COVID, which I think Mm. was Odegaard. But look at Burnley. They do have five cases of COVID, according to this, right? According to Chris's research. That's the most in the Premier League, known in the Premier League. So Burnley suspension, although Woods sale of wood might have been a factor they did have five cases that is interesting I, did, I didn't actually know that so yeah that is it that is interesting I guess it's it's Arsenal isn't it which is but then you look at Leeds and you think they've got nine injuries <laughs> yeah and they're not having any well and, and, they're, and they're managing to play their games would that be different if they had one Covid case it, I, guess, I guess it would if they had one case one positive case they could ask for postponement if they dipped below oh, the 13. It's, it's, right? it's just all so, it's just all so unnecessary, isn't it? Like there shouldn't be these columns. There should just be but, COVID tests. I know, I know, <laughs> but I, I think the clubs are looking at it like this. I think the, 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 the clubs must be looking at it and going, right, if we get a COVID outbreak and we get one or two who go down with it, because we've got five injuries and a couple of the way at the African Cup of Nations, we're hovering around 13, 14. One more case, we can ask the Premier League for a postponement. That must be what's been happening, right? Mm. They've been looking at this fresh on and go, oh, we're below it. Let's make that call. I mean, it's cynical, but it probably was what was happening. I, I don't blame, I don't really blame clubs for doing it. Like if, if they're thinking that they're going to get stronger teams back in a week or two weeks, especially with AFCON mm. going on. I wonder if we'd be seeing this level of, of postponements if AFCON wasn't, no, you wasn't wouldn't, going on. Because that's contributing to the numbers, isn't it? Yeah, but is, is it also because teams like feel like we could probably get a team up, but we're going to get some of our key players back if we if we postpone this game? That that's the question. The fact that there is that ability for clubs to maybe do that though, is surely is what makes this whole yeah. thing so ridiculous. Because we yeah. don't know. Like I, I'm sitting here saying, you know, about Burnley and Arsenal. All this I don't know the situation at, at the clubs, but in some ways I feel like there is a bit of you know abuse of the rules a tad. But at the same time, it's not really they're not doing anything wrong really no, it's, because it, that's, that's the rules there's that's, a lot of talk there. of loop, loopholes right and loopholes are kind of like exploits that are open to be used and if you use them yeah. you know that's that kind of yeah. terminology isn't it 
Um, and, and, you know, I think that the, the way the Premier League approached it left it open to that. And I think maybe one or two clubs, I don't want to you know, name names, but one or two clubs may have seen that opportunity and gone, we're that's, in a bad way, let's use that. That's what I'm, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And this is what I mean. I think, I think the use of the word of me saying abusing is, is probably, it is too harsh. I think it's, it's taking advantage of a rule for their own benefit. <laughs> but don't worry, as there won't be people out there who will leap on your every word and then criticise you on Twitter, so don't worry. Oh, cool. Of course not. Of course <laughs> um, looking at the table, it's interesting. At the bottom, these are the teams that are least likely to get a postponement at the moment. And United with 25 available players, West Ham with 23, Liverpool 23, City 22, Everton now 23, Chelsea 21, Brentford 21, Brighton 21. We can be pretty sure that these teams won't be affected by postponements mm. coming up. So you could use this table. It's available at, at PL Fantasy. That's the Twitter address for, for, for Chris. Twitter address? That's probably not the right, is it? Twitter handle. I th- I'm, not, I'm, I'm such I a dad, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so go and, go and seek out this graphic. Chris is updating it. Um, it's really useful. We hope it's not going to be useful for too much longer because we hope the change of rules is going to mean mm. that we haven't got to worry about this, though, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and if you if you take away the columns of other injuries and suspended NAFCON, you just use the current positive COVID test, every game should go ahead. Yeah. Because other than Burnley, no, you know, every, every team, well, Southampton have two, all the rest have one or, or zero, and, and then it's just Burnley. So mm. you would you would expect there to be no more postponements if, if they modify these rules. Yeah. And what's silly as well, look at Villa. They've had 30 appropriately experienced outfield players. That's because they played like the under-23s in the yep. Carabao Cup that game. Yeah, and yeah. So, like, Gerard must have been like, oh, what did we do that for? What did Dean, Ode, <laughs> what did Dean Smith do that for? It's, it's, you know, now we've got no chance of getting a postponement. So, yeah, it's things like that. It's silly, isn't it, when that was a factor? But Well, that's, is, is that one of the reasons why Arsenal, you know, had that game postponed? Because they could probably have just taken a load of academy kids and filled the bench with them. But you don't want to because then it might I guess affect so. you down the line. It's, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I yeah, just find it I all, guess so. <laughs> I just find it all very, very bizarre, especially when you look at the other leagues that like you talk about and, and see how, how much stricter they were with it. Mm. Um, but when the Premier League come up with this, I, I guess they didn't sit there and go, what if the clubs did this? And then, I mean, it's hard to see all the ways around it. But Yeah, true. That's what's true. happened. Uh, should we look at some data briefly before we touch on Villa in particular? Why not? Um, this isn't updated with tonight's games, so we're not going to put too much stock in this, but I have highlighted Villa here because team data defence over the season, Villa was seventh, um, uh, for minutes per XG, non-penalty conceded, 80.9, seventh in the table behind Palace, Wolves, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea and City. So not bad. Over the last four game weeks, though, um, they are, or last four matches, rather, for every team, they are ranked fourth um, with 100.8 behind only Brighton, Spurs and Arsenal. We'll obviously update these tables next week, but I think Villa will be still very high. So real progress defensively under Gerrard. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more because I've got some some tables on their on their stats under Gerald and, and Smith. But that's been the biggest, I guess, surprise for me. I mean, they haven't really um, kept too many clean sheets, but all the defensive numbers are, are have improved. So they, they've they've had. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it in, in a bit. But yeah, I, I was I was surprised to see just how much they've improved under mm. under Gerald. Yeah, also highlighted there in the last four before tonight, Spurs had only conceded one big chance over their last four matches. Um, that obviously changed tonight. I didn't see the goals, but I've, you know, obviously they conceded two goals. I don't think Madison was a big chance, was it? That was a deflection and mm. I missed a Dakar goal because I just started watching the, the Man United game. But so Spurs, <laughs> Spurs' defence, as we said, has, has been much improved under Conte. 
as has Arsenal's under Arteta recently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we knew this anyway. We've seen it with the eye test, but it's, it, it's good to see the data back it up. Attacking data, again, I've just highlighted really the last four and underlined the promise shows by Spurs for big chances over their last four before tonight. They were second uh, of a big chance every 22.5. They certainly had some big chances tonight, so they're probably topped by even more mm. now. Um, and 5.2 minutes per chance was second only to to Liverpool over the last four. So the Spurs attack definitely has pepped up. And I watched a, a bit of the game tonight and they look very lively indeed. I mean, for mm. the first time this season, they actually do look like a team who can score a lot of goals. Kane had four shots in 20 minutes right. as well, which is, we haven't seen him do that all season. I mean, again, there's, there's Leicester have just been so bad defensively, apart from that yeah. clean sheet against Liverpool somehow. So again, it's it's hard to kind of take real stock from it, but yeah. there's definitely definitely encouragement. It shows what an outlier that clean sheet was with Salah. Wasn't it? Just, just a weird season. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> um, I've highlighted West Ham here. Minutes per big chance, 21.2 over their last four matches. Excellent from the West Ham mm. attack. Um, but it has been all about Bowen, really, rather than Antonio, hasn't it? Yeah, it was it was interesting. So I was I, I was I was working earlier and I just happened to put on the um the match of the day challenge we did. And we were talking about West Ham. And we were just absolutely obsessed with Antonio, obviously, because he, he scored a goal against Palace and he was looking so good. And we were talking about Bowen and we were just like, he's, he's playing well, but no end product, you know, probably going to be out of the team. So we were talking about Lingard coming in and, and, and you just look at it now and, and Antonio and, and Bowen have just completely swapped around just because of the end product that, that Bowen's showing. He's, he's doing everything. England, England call-ups got to be coming soon for him. Yeah, if we switch to player data over the season, I've highlighted... Bowen in 17th for minutes per XGI on penalty, 165.1. But he's only just behind Antonio now, 161.5. Yeah. Antonio, not so long ago, well, start of the season, was right at the top. I know. He was like top three player, but Bowen has just gradually chipped away at him. And if we look at the last six game weeks, Bowen is actually ahead of Antonio, ninth overall, 131.4. Um, where is Antonio in that list? I can't see him highlighted. So yeah, Antonio's probably not even in that. Anyway, he's 12th for 138.9. So... Over the last six game weeks, Bowen has been the stronger attacking force, not only in terms of FPL returns, but the data as well. well I, I think the tactics have, have changed from, from West Ham. I mean, we, we've seen at the start of the season, Antonio wasn't drifting out left and right. I mean, he was, he was playing, you know, right through the middle and they, were, and they were getting the ball to as much as they could. Now he's often used as a decoy to bring in players like Bowen to come forward. I think Bowen's the, the main man at, at West Ham at the moment, but like, and that's, you know, from what I see in the matches and it's suggesting data as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it might have something to do. I mean, they were playing a back three at the start of the season and they had uh, the wing backs pushing forward. Mm. Um, but now it seems Antonio does come out wide and let Bowen take the middle berth, you know, with his pace, I guess, and agility. I mean, Antonio does have pace, but not perhaps over, over three or four yards, right? Antonio needs to build it up. Mm. Um, and he did show it at the weekend, actually. There was one instance where he outrun the defence and I thought, hello, he's, He's looking sharper. But he's showing a few signs now that Antonio's getting back to that early season athleticism and, and confidence. But yeah, Bowen has just been superb and he delivered again, didn't he? So it, it, if you were going to sell one, it would be Antonio at the moment, right? Oh, without a doubt. There's, there's absolutely no way I'm getting rid of, I'm getting rid of Bowen. He's, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, what is it with Antonio though? Like the one thing we were worried about him was, was injuries. And he hasn't had any of those all no. season, but has just gradually been been stepping. It's amazing, actually, that he's still 12th on this list because I haven't, if I didn't own him, I'm, I wouldn't 
be particularly worried looking at the matches. He doesn't ever look to me like he's going to hit a big, a big haul. But to be twelfth, you know, just well, behind Jota, for that, example, that's twelve over the last six game weeks. Yeah. yeah. So two goals, two assists. To be fair, which it's not a bad return, um, but it's just we got so spoiled in the opening we four did. five game weeks, didn't we? That's we did. All. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the season. Yeah, he's 14th overall. I've highlighted um, Adam Eder here because he's impressed me for Norwich in the last couple of games. 4.9 striker. Um, I don't think I would go him over Broher, but I think, you know, we're always looking to point out players that appear on this table as one to the future, maybe next season. Um, I don't think Norwich will be in the Premier League next season, but maybe Adam Eder will be. Maybe he'll be picked up. He's, he's just looked... When I've seen him last couple of games, I think, why haven't they been playing him more? Mm. I've got to be honest, I don't know anything about him. I haven't seen Norwich. I didn't even see the the highlights against Everton. So I'll trust your judgment on him. Yeah, being well, quite well, good. he's a public armed <laughs> international. Um, you know, he's got pace, got a bit of power. Um, you know, he's finishing, he's, he's still to be worked on, composure and so on. But he's got the physical tools. And it's just, you know, we look at. I'm going to bring up the forwards now. Only because, 20 as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to bring up the forwards because Pukki's um, performances this season have been pretty awful in terms of data. He, Adam Eder, over the season, because he hasn't played many games, is actually fourth for minutes per XGI non-penalty, 159.9 amongst forwards. You've got to go all the way down to 45th place to find Pukki there on 427.1 minutes per XGI non-penalty. Mm. Pukki has just been... So disappointing. And yet he was one of those strikers we thought, oh, he could be our third striker. Just not happened, does it? No. I don't really know what's... I mean, obviously they took Buendia out and that was kind of a big thing with, you know, his his, his success has, has been built on that kind of partnership. So I guess there was something that... I, I don't know. I, I think they just they just changed tactics, don't they, when they come up to the Premier League. They did it before when they came up and now and he's just not getting the service and, and now they're looking at other, other options. I rate him I rate him as a player I think he's he's a class player he's, I just think he's destined to be one of those players that never quite makes it in the top league but he, he's one of many fools who have let us down it's interesting when I looked at this data I showed the top 30 here but in positions 33 34 45 and 46 we've got Raul Jimenez Tony Puki, and Ings I mean Tony got his goal tonight but up until tonight he's been battling to deceive hasn't he we, we've had so many strikers let us down haven't we yeah, I mean Ings is is has been disappointing, and we're going to talk about him in a bit when I talk about mm. Villa because I don't see him being in Villa's strongest side, and he's someone I thought you know big money signing from from Southampton to Villa. I thought he would he'd be a real have a real impact, and just hasn't. hasn't can we can we call him a flop? Is that too harsh? Can we call him a flop? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's 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 tricky. I mean, he got injured. He, he's had his injuries again, hasn't he? Mm. Um, I think under under Smith. He he wasn't he was doing kind of okay, but not not amazing like the rest of the team. But under Gerald, I just can't see him kind of turning it around and being a bit fatter because that's not how Gerald plays. It, it would mean Watkins going out wide mm. and Ings playing through the middle, and I think that's not going to happen given that Watkins is offering so much attacking wise. Yeah, Watkins twentieth in this table, uh, two hundred fourteen point three minutes per XGI non penalty. Not brilliant, but certainly the best option in, in the Villa ranks. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think. We'll, we'll look at Villa now. He's, he's 42nd overall this season, 214.3. Mm. So not superb, but in terms of the Villa attack, probably the go-to option. But over to you now to look at some of this Villa data. We're looking at the team data first, as So this is two tables comparing game weeks 1 to 11 to 12 to 22. So Gerard joined in, 20, in game week 12, of course. 
yeah, it's kind of the perfect time to to look at them because obviously we've got we had eleven games under Smith this season, yeah. and then eleven games under under Gerrard. Um, so what I did was just look at kind of the defensive numbers and the attacking numbers just to see kind of where the differences are. Uh, we touch on it a bit when we look at the the team data anyway, but you know it's it's I, I guess it's half and half, so it's some of it won't be too surprising. Um, but the ticker, so they were thirteenth um, for game weeks one to eleven and fourteenth for twelve to twenty two, so barely anything in it. But the difference has been massive. I mean, twenty goals conceded, um, you know, under Smith compared to twelve under Gerrard. Uh, minutes per XG conceded of sixty nine point four. Um, under Smith and seventy eight point six under Gerrard, um, and just everything's like everything's better. Goal attempts in the box conceded seventy three under Gerrard, a hundred under Smith. Like all the key things that you want to kind of see um, are just better. Actually conceded non penalty eight point five eight under Gerrard, and it was uh, it was thirteen point six eight under under Smith. Mm-hmm. So they were conceding like more big chances, more shots in the penalty area. You know, le- less minutes for an XG conceded, just everything and more goals conceded under under, under Smith as well. So just everything is better. Yeah, he's coming. Um, we we did think that he'd get them all organised, and 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 so it, you know we've seen that. Um, it just hasn't materialised in a string of clean sheets as yet. But their time could come, couldn't it? With the with the short term fixtures they've got, and of course the doubles too. Um, I mean, I'm 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 reluctant to to say that after you know we've we've constantly called Crystal Palace and Brentford out for I know, being I know. high, and they've just continued to to disappoint. But looking at the stats, all the evidence suggests that that with the run Villa have got, that there's going to be some clean sheets on the horizon. Um, what about the attacking day? Because that's what I'm showing here. I haven't got the defensive tables up on the screen. Um, but the attacking data is less conclusive, isn't it? There's been less of a jump. Improvement. Yeah, it's 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 hard it's harder to judge attacking data because they were ninth on the ticker under Smith and sixteenth out of twenty under Gerrard, but there's not been a massive amount of change between them. So they're kind of like lower half of the table in terms of some of the kind of key, um, you know, attacking numbers. So fourteen goals they scored under Smith, thirteen under Gerrard. Um, a minutes per chance of eight point seven for Gerrard is up on eight point two. So again, not a huge difference. Um, what I did find interesting though was. You know, there's a lot of talk about Gerard getting these fullbacks up the pitch. So creating chances from the wings, I thought we might see a, a bit of a difference between those. But actually, it's, it's gone down, um, particularly on the left-hand side, which is Matt Target's side. And I've got some interesting stats on Matt Target in a second as well, because they created 43 chances down Target's side um, under Smith and only 31 under Gerard. So we will talk about players that have, have been doing well under Gerard, but Matt mm. Target is is certainly not one of them. Maybe that's why Dean has come in, right? Absolutely. Um, so the player data's up now. So these are two tables showing um, the protagonists, really, under under both Smith and uh, and Gerard so far. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see Target there. Was it 491 minutes per XGI yeah. uh, under under Smith? And that has, um, that's just gone through the roof under Gerard, right? Well... Through the roof or through the floor, depending on how through the you, floor, yeah, I guess, yeah. How you look at it. I mean, down from four hundred ninety-one to nine hundred and forty-eight, he's he's statistically one of their worst performing attacking players, and that's why I absolutely think he's come in and, and addressed that he he needed to to get some more attacking verve down that left hand side. And like looking at these stats, Dean is literally the perfect replacement, I think, because I mean, some people are saying that Target's a better defender than Dean. I don't buy that at all. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Targets. That that could be. I, I think I'm in that camp. I, 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 
I don't think Dean is a great defender. I think Target's pretty solid. He's nothing spectacular, but he's pretty solid. So I, I think I probably would give him the edge defensively. But. I, I, I just don't really rate Target. I, I don't think he's that good. I think Dean is such a massive upgrade that, you know, there's some people worried that he's going to have minutes rotated. I, I just can't see it. I think Dean's going to play all the time, especially looking at these stats and seeing how Target isn't offering enough down that flank. Um, what is really interesting though is, is these two charts on the screen are just completely different um, except for Watkins at the top so Watkins has consistently been yeah. um, you know the, the the best performing player in terms of minutes per XGI expected goal involvement all of that Ings has fallen down um, you know quite a lot he's played half the amount of minutes under Gerrard than, than he did under Smith but his um, expected goal involvement and minutes per XGI is, is down 313 under Smith to 461 um, under Gerrard uh, Jacob Ramsey has climbed massively, which, you know, I don't think anyone's too surprised by. They played similar minutes, 659 under Gerrard. That's a surprise. I didn't think Ramsey played that many under Smith. Yeah, yeah, I think he was just kind of just a bit anonymous. But I mean, he's he's gone from 793.8 minutes per XGI up to 328. So halved his, his time that he's, you know, getting a, a kind of expected goal. Um, his touch in the penalty area is, is relatively the same. So... It's, it's just a bit strange. Like I think he's operating in a, in a similar kind of role, but just being asked to just do a bit more offensive stuff. He, he seems to be... Key passes and, and, and shots and stuff. He seems to be just having more freedom. Like He seems mm. to be playing with more confidence, more freedom. And you know, the goal he scored at Norwich shows that, doesn't he? When he ran you know, 50 yards to, to score that wonder goal. I don't think he'd have done that under Dean Smith. I, don't, I think he would have played a sideways pass, maybe. I, just, I don't know. Just the impression I get that under Gerrard, he feels inspired to be more swashbuckling in the in the guy in yeah. the style of the manager himself right yep absolutely i think so i, I think gerard's obviously got a knack of putting his arm around players and and trying and getting the most out of them i think he's he's a really good man manager and i think his the defensive numbers show that he's he's a good tactical manager as well so i think it's it's, it's good times ahead for the villa the one other player that i want to mention here is buendia because mm. buendia is a really interesting one because he's um He's kind of their most creative player uh, based on these stats under Smith and and uh, and Gerard. So thirteen chances created under Gerard is the highest of all players. Uh, oh no, sorry, twelve. Sorry, actually, he's under McGinn. McGinn's thirteen. Wendy is twelve, but not a huge amount in it. Um, and under Smith, it was Wendy at fifteen uh, and McGinn at fourteen. So McGinn is creating quite a few chances, mm. and we we know how good he's been this season. But what's really interesting about Buendia is he's gone from twelve touches in the penalty area under Smith. Uh, to 25 under Gerard, So he's getting further up the pitch. And yeah. he's talked about this, this partnership that he's going to have with Coutinho. And I think he's going to fly under the radar because people are going to be looking at Dean, uh, Coutinho and, and Watkins. But I think there's, there could be a case for, for considering Wendy as well. Well, Coutinho is the best, uh, the, the most signed player this week. I mean, I, do, you, do you think that's premature? I mean, I think obviously he's come off the bench, he scored that goal, tapping, he's had his 20 minutes. You think it's too early to go in for him? Not really. I, I think it, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. I think he's going to be in that in that team, you know, of next game week, and and probably won't lose his place. I mean, he, he might still have his minutes managed a little bit, but I think it's a choice of Buendia and Coutinho. I think I probably still would go for Coutinho just because he's got that kind of almost world class pedigree, yeah, on his day. But I don't mind Buendia as as a pick. So I mean, I guess. Coutinho may not get both games. If they do get the double, I would say it's probably too early for Coutinho to play both. Um, but after the international break, you've got to think by then he's settled in, he's had some matches and he'll be starting every game um, barring any injuries. With the target Dina thing, 
in a double game week with Target get the second game? Possibly. I mean, I guess it's uh, for me, it's just too early to see if Dina is giving them that extra bit. I mean, he did look good in it on his debut. He did get forward. He put in the most crosses, I think, and was um, you know, was was certainly prominent in the attack. But I'm still undecided whether or not. He would get both games in a double. Really? Game. See, yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a lot more positive about it after after doing this 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 research because Gerard loves a marauding left back. Mm. That was like one of the main features of Rangers play. Yeah. The two and back. yeah, and and the fact Target just hasn't been doing it at all. Like the fact his drop off has been so alarming under under Gerard compared to Smith makes me think that that he's gonna he's just gonna be out, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was gone in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, as I said before, Target's been solid, but very unspectacular. And I think Gerard wants more. So if you were going to go for, if you could just pick one attacker, one defender, it'd be Dino in defence, obviously. Yeah. From what you're talking about. In attack, would it be Watkins? I think I think you've got to go for Watkins. I mean, I haven't mentioned him, but I mean, 46 touches in the penalty area is like double any of the other players in the side. 16 shots in the box is like, is more than double. Like the next best player, which is Ramsey and, and Buendia. You know, he's creating chances, nine, that's like fourth best out of a Villa players. He's, he's just doing everything that, that you could want. I think he's a, I think he's an absolutely brilliant option for a, you know, a second, a second striker, Watkins. Yeah, and I think if the double game week is, is announced as we expect, then I think the Antonio to Watkins move will be a very popular transfer for those who haven't already gone casino. Because I just think that's, that's it's a like for like in terms of money. Um, and obviously with the two good fixtures that Villa will have, if it is Burnley and Everton, um, you've got to bat them for, for goals, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and the trouble with the trouble with Coutinho or, or Buendia is you look at the midfield and you look at Jota, you know, you look at Salah coming back in, you look at Bowen, you know, I've got Martinelli, I've got Foden. Like, I don't want to lose any any of those, but yeah. I look at Antonio, King, and Ronaldo and think I, I could lose any any one of those three. This is it with Coutinho. I I I don't know what he's got to do to force his way into midfield. No. I think it's really difficult to find that spot for him, isn't it? You've got to be playing five, haven't you? To get him in. Yeah, I mean, maybe when Salah comes back, Jota doesn't become as essential as he is. And he's, he's been a bit disappointing. Maybe it's Jota that, that misses out for him. But I think we can assess for, for a little while. But I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for getting Coutinho in now, given the, the run Villa have got, if you've got a, a spot for him. Okay. I was, I was in the camp that it's a bit too early, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe with the break, you know, that could be key because he can, he mm. can have time with um, the manager and they get acclimatised and get his match fitness up. I think after the break from 25 onwards, uh, 24 onwards rather, then then he becomes an option. I just, I was surprised to see so many going in for him. I guess it's reputation and obviously got Definitely. the goal. Yeah. There's a, there's a bit of nostalgia there as well. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've had good experience with him in, in my team and you kind of want to recreate that. <laughs> Let's just remind ourselves of the fixtures Villa have got because if you sort the ticker by, and this is the ticker on Fantasy Football Scout, of course, if you sort it by uh, fixture difficulty over the next six, there they are right at the top. Um, Everton in this game week, plus we think they will have Burnley or Leeds as well. Um, then they've got you know, Leeds at home in 24, so they were playing twice back to back if that did drop. Another reason why it's surely got to be got to be the Burnley fixture. Uh, so it would go Leeds in 24, Newcastle 25, Watford 26, Brighton 27, Southampton 28. It's a fantastic run, isn't it? 24 to 26, Leeds, Newcastle, Watford. You, you, you want to have an attacker for, for those three games if you can. Yeah, and then somewhere in that one as well, they could another double could drop in, of course. That's not yeah. beyond the realms of possibility. So you can see why Villa are a focus for us tonight, even before the second fixture is announced. Also, I want to put out City a second, right? And, you know, I go into this period with Gundogan somehow still in my <laughs> team. 
you've got Foden, um, we've both got Kinshello, of course. Um, but look at that run, Southampton, Brentford, Norwich. You've, you've got to get a City attacker, haven't you? I think so. And De Bruyne is so so attractive, given that you know what what he's doing at the moment, playing every minute and scoring amazing goals and creating crazy amounts of chances, like he always does. It's it's just with Salah coming back in in twenty four twenty five. How do you how do you fit him in? Would you do the Bruno to De Bruyne transfer just for one week this week? I was I was thinking about. I think De Bruyne is the best captain option this week. If I could, if I could, if you know, if I had a free hit or something, I was choosing a captain. I'd pick De Bruyne. It, like I think that's probably quite an easy decision to make. So mm. it is a it is a bit tempting on that, but for me, I've I've got to sort my defence out. <laughs> Livermento Johnson. Yeah, I haven't got the luxury of a uh, of premium. I saw swaps. I saw today. Gianni was on a show, uh, pimp my team, and uh, your team came up, and he didn't realise it was your team no. somehow, even though it said FFS as under the uh, team name. He didn't spot that. And he critiqued it, and he was uh, almost laughing at the uh, the thought of having Pinnock in the defence. Uh, you he take was, that he, right? He, he treated me like a right casual on that, <laughs> on, on that thing. He did. He, he said, you've done really well getting in wide forwards. I, I know, like, I thought it was brilliantly patronising, because <laughs> he didn't know it was you, did he? So he was, he was doing a great yeah, job. It, it, it didn't have my name, it just had my team name, right. Hasselhoff. Um, right. I think they did, it, they did it deliberately to right. trick him. And it worked. <laughs> it was good. It was a good stunt to pull. Yeah, you have got to sort that defence out. But you've got Foden. You're sitting pretty. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry. Whereas me with Gundogan, I, I mean, the move I was always going to make was to upgrade Gundogan to Foden. We'll see when we look at my team in a bit whether I'll do that. Um, elsewhere, big dunk in the interim manager job for Everton. He's got uh, Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, Everton. It's not a bad mm. start for him. He's got no. chances there, hasn't he, to get going? Yeah, and you know, got Calvert Lewin back. That's, 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 that's it that's, that's all I can say the thing is Calvert-Lewin was we were led to believe was greatly inspired by Big Dunk right in the backroom staff and, and a, a lot of Calvert-Lewin's development is kind of unofficially put down to Big Dunk's influence and now yeah. he's now he's manager again it could could spark him right you never know but it's just it's Everton and they have just lacked so many I mean at Norwich they were appalling weren't they I just don't know what there's no there's no where's the creativity. That, that's mm. what I mean about Dean being like one of their most important players because yeah. you know Benitez stifled that those fullbacks and and looked to get Townsend and Gray you know being the kind of the main creative hubs and I mean realistically that wouldn't be how I'd have built a team around Gray and and, and Townsend. No, just, they've done all right this season, but I'd be looking to get Dean as as involved as possible. It hasn't got him, so mm. he's going to have to rely on on Townsend and Gray going forward and have they got enough to you know to feed Calvert-Lewin it is, it is a good run of games but I'm happy not to own any okay alright um, let's look at um, the prediction shall we because um, this doesn't include tonight's games but a bit of a comeback at least I'm trying to claw you back in this <laughs> um, so I've got uh, 6% on the outcomes neither of us got the the we got the score right for United. I don't think we both predicted. Did you go three one for United? You might have done actually. You might have got that spot on. You know, because I think I? I went two one United, and you. I think you may have done three one United. Three one. That, that. That was bold. Because I think you have. I think you've gone three one. Because <laughs> I looked at it tonight, and while the matches were on, and I it was it was nil nil, and I saw you had three one, and thought, well, you're not going to get that right. And then it's turned I've, out to be the I've case. Got, I've got amazingly good news for you. Go on. You went 3 1. Oh, I went, your I went beauty. <laughs> your beauty. It was me. I got it spot it's all, on. It's almost like you knew that and were no, just I did, wanting honestly. me to. Do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So my second correct score of the game week. It's very a, good. The comeback is on. Yeah, um, very yeah good. so it's quite close between us now. But um, correct scores, you're ahead 97, 89. Um, but I'm level now on correct scores, 60 yeah. apiece. Come on! That, that was always your thing, though. You're always good at what? the... Well, I mean, I say good. You're always... I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I think, though, maybe my, my bad predictions this season or... or Predictions being worse than you has actually been a factor in why my FPL season not been as good because you know they are linked. You know if if you if you think a team's going to win three 0 you'll go and buy a player from that team, right? And if you're not yeah. not getting that right, you're not going to get the picks right. So I think to an extent there is you know some overlap in what we do here with this stuff, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. Otherwise, yeah. a pointless segment. And as I as I get better and close the gap here, then obviously <laughs> I will. Close that yeah, 110 I points. I thought you said it was all luck and really biased and it didn't actually mean anything. When no, you not at all. No, I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> uh, okay, this week's fixtures then. Uh, let's start with the Friday kickoff. It's Watford Norwich. You both got a player in this. You've got King, I've got Mr. Dennis. Yep. Um, we hope this is going to be played. Um, it's an interesting game. We're both predicting a, a win for Watford. You've gone out 3-1, I've gone 2-0. Easy outcome, you think? Norwich get a goal though, do you think? I don't think it's an easy outcome. I I, I think I, I I struggled with this one to kind of work out who I, who I thought was gonna was gonna win. I mean, you know, it's, it's a big win for Norwich against yeah. Everton. I did yeah. not see that coming. And Watford can't defend, so I can definitely see Norwich scoring just because of that. But you, yeah. you've got to think Watford have, have got a bit have, have got a bit more than the Norwich. I, w- I would have thought. Yeah, with, with King and Dennis and. You know, Pedro has looked good as well. Attack-wise, they, they just look like they're going to yeah. have enough to, to see him off. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, you don't know Adam Eden. You might do after this game because he has looked good. And I've gone 2-0, but I do think mm, he could cause some problems. But I, I think you're right. I think the firepower is with Watford. They win the game. Um, a lot of our scores are similar. What I tend mm. to do is when you send me this, I hide your column straight away and then I do mine. And then I unhide your column and go oh god I've picked no, the same that's... Name. <laughs> I don't um, even um, I don't even see yours you don't even see no me. no you don't no. Uh, Everton versus Villa you've gone 2-0 to Villa I've got a one all big dunk wow. bounce factor you see I just think Villa are good uh, just a really good side and Everton aren't so I've gone for a win for the you good side you like to keep it simple don't you I do um, that's the that's yeah no I, I, I get it I, I just think the Everton the good of some faithful will be right behind big dunk I think it'll be an occasion and obviously Gerard, you know, there's a there's a little bit of grudge there. So I yeah, mm. big Duncan Gerard for who'd have thought, you know, who'd have thought at the start of the season they'd be opposing each other in the dugout. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Crazy. Uh I've gone one all, you've gone two nil. Brentford Wolves, um, you've gone the one nil wolves, I've gone two nil. I did put one nil first, then changed it to two. I can't remember the last time I didn't put one nil for Wolves. I know, it tends to be the default score, doesn't it? Um, they've done so well defensively, hasn't they? And, and Saar, I was looking today at the scores he's been turning. I think FBL General posted up Star, Saar's returns. He's been an incredible. And it's coincided when Andy, Andy North, good old Andy North, sold Saar, and then Saar went on a run. And, I, and basically, every time Saar keeps a clean sheet or gets bonus, I always text Andy going, oh, points for you there. And he goes, I've sold him. Sold him. Sold him three <laughs> weeks ago. And I always forget. <laughs> I always forget he sold him. He made nine saves against Southampton, yeah. Saar. yeah. Unbelievable. He's a player I'll always associate with Andy North because he had him before anybody else. Yeah, yeah. But then he jumped on the Ramsdale bandwagon and let him go. But... Oh, he, that's the ultimate betrayal for you, isn't it? It is. But I'm there. <laughs> I'm there too now. So, uh, Leeds Newcastle. We've both gone two one. Um, I think um, no real surprise. I think Leeds looked good at West Ham, didn't they? And uh, mm. obviously Harrison got the um, the hat trick, but yeah. Rafina didn't half look lively again, didn't he? 
He did. When's he going to get a double-digit return? Will he ever get a double-digit return? How many has he got this season? He got one last none. season. He got none so far. He hasn't got any. No. He's never been in my team this season. I've gone the entire season without <laughs> him. And I, I, I think I, at the start of the season, I would have said that's impossible because I loved him so much last season, despite him being frustrating. But I do look at him and think, if it is the Leeds fixture that's dropped in this week, I would be tempted. You know, they would have two good fixtures. Let me just remind myself what the fixtures they would have. Um, Leeds would have Newcastle and, and Villa, at, both at home, which would be, yeah, would be decent fixtures. Rafina just looks more lively. And also, you've got to think Bamford surely can't be far away now. And, and then he'll have someone other than Dan James to convert the chances, right? I think he's a great pick. He's, he's like Coutinho. Like, I, I can't currently find a way to fit him in because I yeah. like my five midfielders. But if someone had him in their team, I'd be like, yeah, great pick. Really solid. Should, should do well for you. Like that's, him. That's the problem again. It's the midfield spots. I mean, that's why we really want yeah. Bamford back as a factor. Uh, we agree on the next one as well. Man United 1, West mm. Ham 2. Both gone with that. United are awful to watch, aren't they? I hate owning Ronaldo. Number one, I don't rate Ronaldo. Sorry, I just don't. I know he was the best player in the world. and But again tonight, I mean, he had a nice little chest layoff for Bruno, but he didn't do And he didn't half sulk when he went off again, didn't he? I mean, God, dearie me. I That's, haven't enjoyed owning him at all. got a lovely sound by there. Mark. Well, I don't rate Ronaldo. I don't rate Ronaldo. It's not like I said it 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, at, at 36, he's fantastic. It's brilliant that he's performing at the level he is, right? But he is not. I don't think he is anywhere near justifying the price tag in FPL. Just don't see it. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue. And and like the fir- the first half of the United game was was painful to watch. I, I tweeted. I, I went. I went back and watched Arcane uh, <laughs> anime series. I'm watching. I got bored of it. And literally, I turned it off. And then, of course, United scored because that's yeah. that's typical. Um, but West Ham just you know they're like the two opposites of each other. West Ham just have such a great identity and way of playing and players who fit the system perfectly and United are the complete opposite of that. There's no egos at West Ham. The United team is full of them. I just, you know, it was a, it was a bad result for West Ham against Leeds, but I just think it's, it's a bit of a mismatch between them and, and the United and I wouldn't be surprised if, if West Ham won it. What I didn't like about Ronaldo, and I'm going to go on about him again, is tonight they won the game. They were 2-1 up. Or were they even 3-1 up when he went off? No, they were 2-0 up when he went off. So the, the points look like they're in the bag. And yet he throws a strop coming off. Like it was a positive evening for United, a positive game. He'd paid a part in the second goal. There was no, why, why was there a need to, mm. obviously, for the cameras, for the manager, show that dissent? When he's meant to be a player who is world-class, seen it all, experienced, doesn't let things get to him. You've said to me before, I would, you know, why would he let things get to him? Why would he do that? Why would he sulk the, in that it's way? The, it's the brand, Mark. It's oh, the it's brand. He hasn't scored. He hasn't scored. And he's missed some well, okay-ish chance. Not great chances, but, mm. you know, hit the bar. And, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he's, he's part of the brand. I mean, I, 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 I agree with you to, like, to a large extent. I think it's, it is a stupid reaction uh, to being subbed off. And it was frustrating watching him as a, as a captain of tonight because he never really looked like he was going to get a goal. No. Like he had a couple of like half chances, but... You know, the, the, they just weren't they just weren't getting the ball to him, and a lot of the time he's just kind of standing there waiting for it, and wasn't making the runs, or you know, made a run and some didn't pass him, and he threw his hands down. It's yeah, it is, it is I mean, frustrating. We talked a lot about getting crosses to him early in the season. We haven't seen those soaring headers, and yeah, we haven't seen any of that, have we? Really? Well, he's got the bloody Wan-Bissaka, Dallow, and you yeah, know, I know, but I I just I. He had a really smart goal at West Ham. He had that game against Spurs where he looked good with Cavani. 
but it's been few and far between, really. I mean, Lukaku's the same. I can't, you know, I can't stick up for Lukaku. And Kane's I, only just started as well. So yeah, I, I think like you, I think you called it. Company. You called it really well at the start of the season when you said the United team, you know, would have to change and adapt to get the most out of him. And I don't see that they have really because they aren't really getting the most out of him. They're, they're relying on you know bits of brilliance from him bailing them out. But overall. They're not a better team with him with him in the no, side. It was so much really. better. I thought at Villa that first half hour, United were excellent. Like they were look, they look effervescent. They were quick on the ball, one touch passing. They were building things. Langer's come in and looked lively. He was good tonight as well. They just looked better without Ronaldo mm. straight away. And you know, Bruno obviously did what he did. I just think, yeah, I think it's a shame. I don't want him as soon as you know. Obviously, Ronaldo's going to, to fund Salah and. I doubt I'll ever get him back. And if he's at United next season, I don't want to go there again. I mean, it's it's similar to like Lukaku though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like, like Lukaku yeah. is obviously a lot younger and, you know, he, but he was billed as being the person that would perfectly fit the system of, of Chelsea. But he's really struggling because they're not getting the ball to him either. It's very like the Bright- similar. The Brighton game, like, you know, oh. Ronaldo, Lukaku, it doesn't matter what striker you put in there, they just were not getting the ball. no. To that strike, it, it must it must be frustrating. And he's to turning play around for that moaning time. as well. Yeah. He's moaning as well. Like they're both they're both players who, when they arrive, we herald them as you know, these guys are going to turn FBL on their head. They've done yeah. anything but that. It's I know. Really I know. frustrating. It's a yeah. real it's a real shame. Um, let's move on. Southampton City. We've both gone three 0 Formality. Yeah. I mean, we always write off Southampton, don't we? I feel guilty about that sometimes because they can get a surprise result. They beat City, didn't they, last season? I think. So. I just don't see it in this one, though. I mean, they're a machine city, aren't they? And they've been poor lately, Southampton, as well. So I think it would be a real, it would be a real turn up if they did get anything yeah. from this. It'd be a real turn up if they scored, given City's defensive numbers as well. And they've got troubles at fullback. I think right back, Ward-Prowse has been filling in there. Walker Peters is injured. I think Livermento's definitely out. So you've got to think who's going to play out there. Could be Sterling, could be Mares. There could be trouble there on that yeah. side. Um, Arsenal versus Burnley. You've gone the three 0 I've gone the two 0 I mean, what kind of team? I mean, this is why. I mean, what what are Burnley going to be able to put out if they do have to play? I am very, very tempted by a Martinelli captain this week, mm. and I know we don't like to captain the, the the cheaper budget players. And I'm not just saying that as a Martinelli sort of early adopter. I just think of all the games, I can see if if a full strength Arsenal team turn up against a really depleted Burnley team who haven't played in ages as well and have just lost their main attacking threat up front. Uh, this is surely going to be a they, they could they could they could be a bit of a transit this is the one game where I think this could be a you know a, a big score well this is why Arsenal. I want to wait to see what Arsenal have tomorrow night in the EFL Cup they're going to put the strongest team out they can you'd think because they've still got a chance of winning this tie it's 0-0 with Liverpool um, so we'll get an idea of what they'll have available to them for the Burnley game and if Sean Dyche turns up in the press conference and says we, we've got enough we're likely to play or intimates that um, I was going to say if the pie order goes in did you see that about the pie That's order it. I love that I love that <laughs> didn't turn out to be true though someone oh, there's loads of chicken it. and mushroom pies doing nothing now <laughs> um, yeah if you don't know that basically there was someone on Reddit I think who had information about when Burnley asked for their pies to be ordered to Turf more, and because the pie order hadn't been cancelled there was a presumption that the match would go ahead because the pies wouldn't be ordered otherwise and as it turned out the pies are probably sitting there like I say in the deep freeze now I love FPL. Did, did you see um, Harry Maguire's deleted his FPL team as well? No! Oh, that was he, amazing. Yeah, he'd because... Bought, he'd, he'd, bought in, he'd taken out Ronaldo. Yeah. Did that happen before deadline? Because I only saw it after deadline. Well, we only knew about it after the deadline. Right, okay. Yeah, as soon as that broke, yeah. I thought, well, that's it, Ronaldo's not playing. 
So Maguire's deleted his team, has he? He's deleted his team now, yeah. You think that's Ranić? So he's, yeah. he's obviously got some, to him. someone. Yeah, I think it's probably someone. Probably Ronaldo. Yeah. Probably. It <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Yeah, probably is. And it's hilarious because Maguire was on the bench for both the games as well. It's just yeah. So it's, it's funny. <laughs> FBL was brilliant. You like gotta that, love it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, we both going Arsenal win three 0 for you two 0 for yeah. I think it's all going to come down to the Arsenal team sheet and what Dyche says. If Burnley have to play, and they've got still got three or four cases of COVID, and they've only got fourteen players, like three goalkeepers on the bench or whatever it's going to be, then yeah, you've got to back a home win and by a decent margin, right? So yeah, this could be the opportunity. This fixture, I think so. Uh, Palace Liverpool, you've gone three one. I've gone two 0 Yeah, Palace. I don't know. I think in attacking terms, they're, they, they're starting to really grow as a team. Defensively, the data is still showing up for them, but it's just not materialising, is it? No. I mean, offensively against Brighton, they were rubbish. Like they, they barely created one chance. No, at least and, they didn't do the job as, that I predicted. No. Yeah, I mean, you, you, Brian had them, you know, it's just it's such, a, such a painful experience watching that game, watching them concede. So predictable it's, as, wasn't it? I know. I tweeted about it as well. So we're playing so good, we're definitely going to concede. And we did. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, against Liverpool, there's, I think they're going to be less caging and go for a bit. I think they still get beaten, but I can see, I can see them getting a goal. Uh, I'm back in a Brighton win at Leicester, and so are you. You've gone 2 1, I've gone 1 0. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Brighton have got that solidity at the back. They've got a little bit of threat. Leicester are so porous that I think even the Brighton attack, which is somewhat powder puff, will get the goal, right? Mopo Trossard will start, you think, having been subbed, uh, benched in the week. Yeah. Um, and I think Mopo gets another cheeky goal, right? We we need to play a team that concedes loads of big chances because then eventually one of them will go in, mm. and that's Leicester. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's actually a good game for us. <laughs> and Chelsea Spurs both gone the one all. I think that's a yeah. Lawrenson scoreline, but I think it it's is. probably the most likely outcome. Chelsea have been so poor. So oh, poor dreadful! So Again, watching them like watching United with Ronaldo and Chelsea with Mount and Alonso was not a good experience. No. They both, they both struggled to get anything going and to offer any threat. Chelsea, again, were they've got problems there. There's something wrong. Because they've got all their team there. I mean, they've hardly got any players missing now. He's got his full-strength squad, squad together. It's just not working at the moment for them. I don't know what's gone wrong. It's the wing-backs, of course. I think, obviously, they're the key absentees. They were... When James and Chill were in their pomp earlier in the season, it looked like they were going to break FBL, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they, they have played more games than, than other clubs. They've played the most, yeah. I think, over over time. But, you know, and they and they have, you know, I, I, who, someone said, oh, but they've got millions of pounds on the on the bench. It's like, yeah, but if you're knackered, you're knackered. It doesn't matter how much money you've, yeah. you, you, you cost. But, you know, they're having to play, they're having to play like Kovacic and Kante when they weren't fully fit and all that kind of stuff. But then you watch them against Brighton and like... Some of the stuff they've like, they just weren't doing anything. Like, it wasn't, I don't know if it was, you can blame fatigue or tiredness for it. Like, they just weren't connecting passes. They're looking like United do, you know, when they can yeah. barely string like a couple of passes together. United aren't tired. It wasn't just fatigue. It was just, it was a lack of cohesion and chemistry. I saw Kovacic was taking snapshots like in, in bad positions. Yeah, Kante and, was losing the ball and, and Mount was hardly involved. Like, Ziyech was rubbish as well, apart from the goal he scored. Like, he was giving the ball away. He was giving the moodies when he scored. I saw the Brighton <laughs> team sheet and you, I think you had um, Elzati and, uh, was it Moda in central midfield? Mm. And I looked at that and thought, well, Chelsea are going to own the midfield. They're going to win this game. Elzati was brilliant. And yeah, Brighton Absolutely more brilliant than held their own. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was a great performance from Brighton, but Chelsea were, were, were poor. And, it, and it's not the first time we've seen it over the last, like, what, seven or eight games? 
it's just amazing that City, Liverpool and Chelsea were like, they just, those three seem so far and beyond everyone else in the league. Mm. And now it's just City and Liverpool. Like there's there's no there's no way Chelsea are going to compete with with those two. Having seen Spurs tonight, I think maybe I might revise my score. I'll stick with 1-1, but I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs do win it. No, nor would I. It's got that little bit more. And if Kane plays like he did tonight, then of course... Good times, good times to play him. Uh, okay, let's talk the captain conversation. But first, the captain matrix. Uh, these are the players that I identified a few weeks back would be in the frame for captains uh, going forward in 23, 24, 25, 26, and now 27. This week is an interesting one. We've got Watkins versus Everton, possibly Burnley as an outlier there, just, just listed in case that does drop in. If that does drop in, is the captain conversation over, first of all? Would you go Watkins captain? No, because I would struggle to get him. I think. I mean, maybe I'd do Antonio to Watkins and, and yeah, I guess I probably would do that because West Ham got United. But then West Ham got two good games. No, I would do that. Yeah, mm. I think he probably is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to get Dean. So I could captain Dean in theory with, with two defensive games, but I, I think the walk, the the Watkins move would, would be the most sensible. I think he, he's, he's the obvious captain, isn't he, if, if they get a double. Well, we'll talk about the captain in depth in a second. Uh, Jota and Trent are the two I've picked out as the primary candidates, but there are some differentials which we'll discuss. Going forward, game week 24 is a really interesting one because Salah could be back. I think Egypt got through to the last 16, so Salah's not going to be back now until game week 24 at the earliest, we think. Um, but that that week has so many good options that if you don't go back in for Salah straight away, you can look at a whole cast of people. And I think that's what's interesting because otherwise it would be, well, I'm going to get Salah back at all costs. But home to Leicester has got a good fixture. But look at the you know, look at the players you can look at elsewhere. So you, you could hold off until 25, but then it's Salah at Burnley, Salah at Norwich, and you, you want that, right? So we've said this in previous weeks. Whatever we're doing now in the next one or two game weeks, it's got to be with Salah in mind. I'd be surprised if I had Salah for 24. Right. Given that Fernandes is my kind of make weight, but I've he's got Burnley. Yeah. And I'm going to use a transfer this week and I can't I can't get Salah for free. I haven't got enough money right. to Fernandes straight to Salah, so it's got to be with another transfer. Mm. Um, so it makes more sense for me to use a transfer this week, get the, get the Villa player in and then hopefully save if I can in any way and then get him for free. For would Burnley, you, would you catch him Fernandes then? Or Ronaldo? Would you go Ronaldo going to Burnley? Uh, Way to Ronaldo. Burnley. Probably Ronaldo. But I think there's loads of good options. I think, you know, Foden and Cancelo against Brentford's good. You've got um, Bowen against Watford yeah. at home. That looks, a great, that looks a great fixture as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, looking at this, we look for these opportunities, don't we, to go for differential captains. And this week is one, as we'll see in a minute. 24 is one as well, because I think there will be a, a move towards Salah, of course. But not everyone will go there, and the differentials are really appealing. So I, I may not move straight to him, because um, obviously there could be some fatigue after the travel and the tournament and so on. It depends how deep Egypt go. Um, so something to bear in mind there. But obviously, God, when we get gonna, to twenty five, he's going to murder them, isn't he? Well, Leicester, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just know it. Could do, could do. I mean, they, Leicester have always done well at Anfield. They've always put up a fight. They've lost the games, but always given them a good game. But it's just. Yeah, you've got to think that the way Leicester are defending, there's, there's, there's something in there for the Liverpool attack and Salah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, keep that in mind. But of course, all these this planning, this planning ahead is all you know, <laughs> futile when the double game weeks could drop yeah. in and the blanks dropping in as well. Um, let's look at this game week in a bit more depth then. Um, this is the captain conversation. Um, so we've got um, Jota at the top. He was my default, my primary captain candidate. Um, obviously, 
when you look at minutes per XG on non-penalty, 108.2, he'd be the option to go with if you're going purely on data. You think, well, I mean, I'm back in a Liverpool win 2-0, you've gone 3-1. Is Jota a simple case of the go-to? <laughs> I haven't really considered him, to be honest. I haven't, I've, I'm, I'm more looking at the Foden and... Uh, well, I've got it on Ronaldo at the moment, but I, I don't think I will go for it, not given what I've seen again today. I think it's more likely for me to go for Foden or or Watkins if he's really? got a double. Um, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really know why. I just I, I just don't really trust Jota. He missed chances again, didn't he, at the weekend? I mean, that that's what. Yeah. They they won the game three 0 and I, and Jota got nothing from it. But I, having watched the game, he did have the chances. He hit the woodwork. He had a, he had a one on one which he he could have converted. I think he was a bit unfortunate. The thing for me is he's still getting the chances. Minutes per shot twenty five point two and the. The XGI is high, so you've got to think that he will get a chance or two at Palace, which makes me lean towards him slightly. I think I'd rather go for Trent. Would you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Martinelli's probably... If, if the Arsenal game's on, then I think I am genuinely going to go for Martinelli. Really? Um, just because I want to tap into that Burnley match. But yeah, out of Jota and, and Trent, I think I'd probably go for Trent. Just for that reliability. Like, just every week, it just seems Trent is just picking up, you know, points and... He's on track to beat his best ever assist record as well. And I think that's going to start factoring into his his mind as well. He's going to want to get that record. Looking at the opponent's data, New, the Newcastle defence is the one that leaps out both over the season and the last four matches. And of course, it's Rafina who has Newcastle. If you had Rafina, mm-hmm. would you would you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think there's there's loads of options. I don't think there's going to be... I think they're probably, I know, I'll take the back. I think there will be a few kind of standout picks this week. Um, it's just trying to work out which one is going to be and none massively stand out to me. There isn't, apart, apart, like I said, apart from De Bruyne, if I had De Bruyne, he would 100% be my captain. Without him, there's about different players that I think you can make a case for. Mm, yeah. I like the Rafina pick. I like the Rafina pick. There's, you know, scoring goals again um, and, and Newcastle being as, as bad as they are. Yeah, I mean, I've even looked at Dennis as well, home to Norwich, because you think that... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dennis and King, yeah. I mean, it's fixtures, isn't it? There's, there's teams with good fixtures. It's just you, a lot of them you don't have that reliability with, but you're trying to hit that one big kind of haul. One so, player who is reliable, and he's at the bottom there, is Cancelo at Southampton. Away from yeah. home, he's been, you know, he's been bringing in the double-figure returns. You've got to think that's a clean sheet for City, the way they defend. So that's an option too, right? You know, some people hate it when we talk about floors and ceilings, but I think you've got a good floor with with Cancelo of six points. I just can't see Southampton scoring in in that match. So yeah, in in terms of that, it's it's, it's always good. It's just, I, I, do we need to start putting him in the same bracket as as Trent? Because I, I still don't. You know, I still see him as like a good option, but Trent is someone who I always expect double digits from. Whereas Cancelo, I don't, even though he is almost matching him in terms of that I think when you look at this data like Trent is minutes per XGI non-penalty 170.1 that's you know up there with the best midfielders and better than some it's better than De Bruyne Mm. and Rafinha in this table Cancelo down on 308.4 right so he doesn't compare for that but obviously it's the clean sheet right you can almost book it in yeah but 8 assists 8 assists to Trent's 10 yeah it's good that's like Robertson you know Trent numbers isn't it but we still have these the Liverpool fullbacks as being on like a different tier, but Cancelo is 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 definitely approaching that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I see. It. And we talked about Southampton's problems down the right side as well. 
obviously can shallow down the left yeah. could be a factor, right? So yeah, very true. There's something in that. You know, I, might, I mean, I've I've moved the captaincy about. Let's look at our teams now, but we'll get to yours first of all. Um, you've currently got it on Ronaldo, um, but you're you're going to move this. Obviously, Martinelli's most likely to get it. You think if that fixture is on, or is it going to be Foden? Yeah, there's there's no way I'm, I'm captaining Ronaldo now after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after what I've seen, not all it, I've said, surely. But... It it will either be Martinelli, Foden, or or Trent. Right. Um, if we get some rare, you know, if Pep comes out in the press conference and says, Foden's been fantastic lately, he's definitely going to start against Southampton. That'll give you the fight. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I would, but we probably won't get that. Mm. Uh, so it'll, it'll probably be Martinelli. Um, if if the Arsenal game's off for whatever reason and we don't get the news about Foden, then then I think I'll go for Trent as my, my third my third pick. But my, my transfer is, I, I think, a really easy one, uh, which is Pinnock to Dean. Got enough money in the bank. Oh, Pinnock, gone. I can't poke fun at you. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Three three twos. No, you know two Brentford one, are keep, two ones and a Brentford are going to keep a clean sheet against Wolves then, and then Villa will concede ever. You just know it, don't you? Actually, I think it's a three ones. He's yeah, he was he wasn't a good pick. So your your <laughs> team for the podcast will be then if that transfer is made, it'd be Ramsdale, Trent, Dean, Cancelo, Fernandez, Martinelli, Foden, Bowen, Jota, Ronaldo, King. It's strong as that's good. It's pretty strong. Right? You got to be happy with that. Yeah, it's just and then my bench is De Gea. So decent defense, decent goalkeeper. That's going to be my um, move for to get Salah back. I can downgrade one of these goalkeepers and move Fernandez up to Salah. Uh, and then I've got Antonio on the bench, and then Johnson and, and Livermento, who hopefully I I won't need. So with De Gea, would you just go a four point zero keeper? Would you go back to Foster? I guess right. Yeah, but I think I'd actually keep De Gea and lose Ramsdale. Oh, would you? I think so. Yeah, I think I think I think I'd have to. Um, would I have to? No. The well, is five two, isn't he? And Ramsdale's five. The trouble is, oh, you lose so, money on Ramsdale, wouldn't you? So, so Ramsdale, if, if I get, so I get Salah back in twenty five. Ramsdale hasn't got a game. Yep, he's got a blank, and he's got Brentford, and then another. blank. Oh yeah, so you can't sell De Gea then, can you? Uh, so it's it's two blanks. So I can't I can't sell De Gea when he's got two. Blanks. And meanwhile, at that time, De Gea's got Southampton and Leeds. Mm, so it's tricky. It's probably it's probably going to be um, De Gea that, that stays. What you want to do is you get a nice little Crystal Palace keeper called Gaito who's not Ooh, yeah. going to turn up. That's what Maybe I'll get Butler and really rub it in. <laughs> um, right, so what have I got? Oh dear. It's, it's okay. I don't like this team because I've got some players in here. Like, I mean, you've got your Pinnocks, your Livermentos and your Johnsons, right? All players you can forgive for being low scoring. I've got the likes of Alonso, Mount and Ronaldo that I want out and they're <laughs> big names. It's, I've got big names in my dressing room that I want out. Um, and the moment, Too many egos. I, I know, exactly. That's what it is. There's only one ego around here and that's mine. They can't have one as well. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Ramsdale, Trent, Alonso, Cancelo at the moment. Mount, Martinelli, Bowen, Jota, who's got the armband right now. Ronaldo, Antonio and Dennis, who's the vice. Um, what would I do with this? I could not make a move at all um, because it's okay. Um, you never know. Alonso and Mount might do something against Spurs. I ought to keep Mount, really, because I got him in with the proviso that he was a player that would be quite handy mm. to have in, in game week 23. Um, so I should I should keep him really 24 rather. Um, but it is tempting just to make the move to go Gundogan to Foden and, and, and then play Foden. And then it's, would I play Mount or Antonio? That's a difficult one. That. Who, would, who would you play over Mount and Antonio? Um, oh, I, don't, I don't think there's much in it between them. Mm. I, I'd I'd probably I don't know <laughs> yeah it's tricky isn't it tricky um, uh, sure, but surely you've got to get rid of Alonso 
Yeah, well, you know, that has crossed my mind as, yeah, it's funny he's, enough. He's, he's got to be, looking at your team, yeah. he's got to be your main priority the, the to get move, rid of. The move I always had in mind for this week, I, I was going to spend four, it was going to be Alonso, believe it or not, I was going to go Tierney because I wanted to set up yeah. the, the Tierney Region swap. And, you know, like you're talking about, if the Arsenal fixture is on, I think Tierney could be really good. I, guess I think that's a great move. That, pay, that pays off straight yeah, away. Yeah, so I was thinking Alonso to Tierney and then I was going to, you know, I was planning two moves. I was going to go that and then Gundogan to Foden as well. Um, but then that's before I got mounting and the double game week happened. So it might be Alonso de Tierney that I do. That's that's on the cards as well. And I've looked ahead to when Arsenal got the blanks. And, you know, Trent, Cancelo and Reguilon have got good fixtures in 25. And by 27, I've got other things I would have done. So I quite like that move. I like Tierney. I, like, I haven't mm. owned him yet. And whenever I see Arsenal play, he always impresses me. The only thing I'm worried about is Tavares playing in the double game week. Would Tierney get both games because of his fitness and an injury record. So would I be getting a player in that is never going to get me a double game week because Tavares is there as well. So, mm, don't know. There's that playing on my mind. Because if you want to get, if you want to get a player in at this point, you want to know that if a double game week lands, that player is going to play both fixtures. So that's playing on my mind a little bit with Tierney. Um, but we'll see. Thought, thought you'd be, um, thought you'd be wanting some cash. Matt Cash, you mean? No. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and him. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dino, Dino I love as a player. Right? I always had him at Everton many, many times. And so I'm, I'm really sympathetic to you going Dino. Um, that's not out of the question either, particularly if the double game it drops in. So if I've got to get r- rid of Alonso, and you know, I can't really say it's with heavy heart that he would leave, um, Dino would probably be more sensible than than going to him. Would you, would you get Watkins if the double game hit as well? I think so. I think I'd for, for Antonio? Yeah, probably. I guess, yes, that's... I think I think I think you have to. Yeah, personally. I mean, given the run that Villa have got after the double as well, it's not it's not just for the double, is it? It's for the runs after that. Yeah. Uh, and the data you showed showed that you know he is the attacking asset to own in that Villa side while Cortino Cortino settling in. So yeah, I probably would do. So it's all going to depend on what we hear of the double game week. Really, it's going to affect both our plans. Will you get Dino anyway? Would you move to yeah. him? Would you? Let's well, right. pin it up, isn't it? So. <laughs> you, are cap- you are totally copying Late Rise at the moment. I watched um, The Wire earlier and he's doing exactly the same as you. And he answered he? exactly the same as you then. He got asked, would you get Dina without the double? He went, yeah, absolutely. And you're, he surely didn't have Pinnock. No, no, I'm, no. Late Rise would never have Pinnock. <laughs> he probably would. He's kind of a maverick like, defender yeah, of the double game week. I suppose so, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah I, I could afford um, Antonio to Watkins and, and Pinnock to Dean, so... You well, I mean, with a double game week, I guess also it's more palatable to take the hit as well because you're getting some of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think that's key, right? It's going to be key to everybody. Don't make your transfers until we hear on this because there's no doubt if Villa do get that extra fixture and if it's Leeds, you know, Rafina comes into the equation as well, right? It mm. could be that he's, he's a very popular Yeah, option. true, very true, yeah. Um, okay, let's look at the uh, Black Box League because these aren't up to date because we didn't update it with the two games tonight. But Oscar who was top of our league, he had the Haya captain. And at one point, he was looking set, wasn't he, for a 30-odd point return. And then Tony um, broke his heart a bit with that. He is he was top before tonight. I think he will still be top uh, on 15.43, ahead of Steve Sedman, James S. in third, Tor Evan Pedersen in fourth, and then it's Ruben Jeva in fifth before tonight's games. We'll see how that has shaken it up. Before tonight's games, we were fourth in the World Leagues. So, yeah, well done. Oscar's uh, Oscar's down to nineteenth. Is he? Is he in the chat? In the world now. Okay, uh, just had a look. He was. He was earlier, but yeah, I had a, I had a look. Keep going, Oscar. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
you know, roll with it. You can you can bring it back. You'd be surprised. He's only 20, point, 20 points off first. Yeah. I mean, this is it. That's not a gap at all. So still plenty to play for for Oscar, who we're right behind um, the FBL crown. Uh, the Apprentice is, uh, is Natalie above me yet? Probably is after tonight. She's probably got Bruno, right? Has she got Bruno? <laughs> Surely not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um, let me have a quick check. Uh, no, she hasn't got Bruno. You're okay. right. Okay, I'm fine there. Um, it's the international break coming up and you you could be absent as well for um, before the next game week. So we might not have a show um, while you're away. I should, I should be okay. It just, okay. I might not have such high quality production values. Oh, okay, fine. Okay. Um, but I'll, 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 be, I'll be around. Um, Obviously that's going to make me slightly anxious and nauseous, the fact that your sound's yeah, like no. <laughs> um, Okay, so we will have a show with you from, uh, from uh, overseas, I believe. But uh, over the international, I'm going to get in touch with Henry and see how he's doing because I haven't done so and I want to get him scout membership. I want to get him on Twitter. Yeah, that's what we said. See yep. if we can turn him around second half of the season, see if it makes a difference. I mean, as I said, the experiment is a bit skewed by what's happened this season. We can't really prove too much given how strange it's been, but it'll be interesting to see, catch up with him and see what he's made of it so far. He, he's, 100 points behind that. He's season. used a lot of chips, hasn't he, as well. Mm. So he's going into this part of the season having used his chips. And I think that's interesting that I want to ask him why he used his chips in the early part of the season. And of course, he's not to know that the second half of the season when the double game weeks and blanks come in is when you perhaps should use them. So um, I think he's, used all, he's used all his chips except for his second world card. Yeah. So this is it. This mm. is what the Premier League need to get right. It's all very well giving new FBL players these chips to help them. But unless they actually inform them how they're best used, and I don't think they really do that until the time comes. Like, around about now, they'll be doing lots of articles about playing your chips and the free hits yeah. around the blanks. But they need to do something at the start of the season to say, by the way, these chips we're giving you, don't spend them for another 18, 19 I, game I, weeks. I, I say every year, first half of the season chips, second That's half of the season That's what we need. Chips. That's what we need. I right? say it every year. Henry's proven it because new yep. players want to use them to get themselves back in the game and to keep their interest. But then when it gets to the second half, they go, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, everyone's well, playing their free I, hit. I, I think, you know, the, the chips are... Oh, we, can't, we should have another chip debate all night. Well, but, I know, I know. <laughs> I think that, the, you know, the chips are there to add excitement to the game, right? And to make and to also to at least make people think they can make up some ground. Yeah. But they can't because if you if you bug them up and use them at the start of the season, then you're even further behind. Yeah. So I, I, I know people who have been like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing, so I used my chips and yeah. I'm not even playing yeah. anymore because I'm already at a massive disadvantage. It's like... And, and Natalie hasn't used her, presumably because she's picked up on the vibe on Twitter, right? And yeah. for all what, you know, Twitter can mislead you, misinform you, you can be accused of being a sheep or whatever. It has been useful to her. I reckon, you yeah, know, when we catch definitely. up with her, it's been really useful for that because it gives you that, that those how-to guidelines that you just don't get elsewhere. And I mean, it's, she's, it's hard. She's, she's 250,000 in the world. Yeah. That's, that it's is, good. That is fantastic. Brilliant. That's an season. absolutely brilliant yeah. First, first season. Well, you said top million, didn't we? If you get yeah. top million, that's brilliant. And she given finishing the top million, and given it's sure. been such a strange season as well, I mean, it's great. I mean, I just want to turn Henry round and have him looking forward to next season because we're going to yeah. follow these these guys, you know, season by season. Hopefully, if they keep playing, um, so it's just going to be interesting talking about the chips and what you know, why he played them and how he's going to. Well, play. Henry, Henry is in the top million. Yeah, which is so not bad, is it? You know, if he can just keep keep it steady, well, then. He's on for an okay season as well. Yeah, I say, if we give him scout membership and he gets on Twitter, that should all he needs 
to have yep. a really good second half of the season. If, oh if our theory is correct, <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll see. Um, okay, uh, Green Arrow, Green Arrow charity. They've been in touch with you this week, right? They have. They've sent me a, a lovely little um, little parcel just to just say thanks for haven't sent you anything. Um. Well, no, because uh, just to explain, we donate money with every Green Arrow, so they're thanking you for the money you've donated <laughs> yeah, and me for the four pound fifty that I've given them so far. So. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Big, big thanks for your grease. I've got a lovely, I've got a lovely mug with Marcinelli on it, which I'll, um, I haven't got with. Have me, you really? Is that, oh, is that playing on your mind for the captaincy? Is it? I think it probably is. Oh. It probably is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're great guys, and obviously the the FPL challenge is there to to feed starving people. So it's it's a great cause. Um, we donate a five of every green arrow that we get, and it's been a th- over a thousand meals now, not just from us, obviously, but from other people who've got involved in in this cause and uh, donating. Um, so if you are interested in donating, there's links in the description. And let's try and get that to 2,000. That is fantastic. 1,071 million Amazing, donated. Right? Yeah, it's really, really good. And I, I must try to get more green arrows so I can give more yeah. money to this. <laughs> I must, right? That's, that's my I mean, you, you, you can donate without I know getting I can. If you, if I know, you wanted to. I know, but I'd, I'd rather <laughs> kind of link it to good game weeks. You know, yeah, yeah. I, no, I know. Right, I will, I will. Yeah. Maybe we should flip it for you. Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot. For you. <laughs> You'll probably start doing well then. Oh, Prove it was all about um, the money. Um, yeah, how <laughs> <laughs> oh, dare you. <laughs> uh, right, do you want to do the uh, likes and smashes or whatever we call it? I've forgotten now, I've lost it. Yeah, me too, I've, I've lost it. I've been so tired as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, 1,300 people watching live. If you could all like the video before you go, that'd be amazing. Um, we're obviously going to be stopping for a little bit because there's a big gap uh, and hopefully we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we, as always, really appreciate all your support. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, um, hit the like button uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll um, see you soon. Yeah. And and just to explain, like um, normally at the end of the credits, those who stay to the end of the show, there, there's normally a little message from me, a little, little, little Easter egg that I put in there. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I just didn't have time to do one. So I put like, oh, I don't have time this week. Something I had to give, blah, blah, blah. Last week I did one, but I played the wrong one and played the old one. This week I said to us, oh no, I didn't have time to do the credits again. I've got to play the same one again. So for the third week running, I'm playing the same rubbish Easter egg at the end. Apologies in advance. I will get my act together. I'm very busy at work. I honestly, my performance will improve at least uh, in yeah, terms of yeah. the credit message. Anyway, if not an FBL, <laughs> you got a, you got a nice break. Put yourself into a I nice know. spa. You know, de-stress. Oh, that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I need. Are you gonna are you gonna throw some cash over to me to do a spa weekend? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if if anyone wants to donate to Mark's spa, <laughs> don't because there probably is someone out there who will do that. No, I'm only joking. Do not. I do not need your donations. Please do not put me down for that. I do need a spa weekend. Though. I need to shave this beard off as well. They're not going to let me in like a hobo. Uh, it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Podcast Network.